It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm your radio, radio show! Hello and welcome to the Nile Line podcast. On this week's episode, Nile talks to Kelsey Lou backstage at the Workman's. We chat about Homecoming and Lemonade and Beyonce season. We also reviewed the new album from Lizzo, as well as some songs from Marika Hackman, God Knows, and many, many more. Niall, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Andrea? I'm very good. Good, good. I'm in a good mood. Great. It's Beyonce season. <laughs> you were you were thrilled and excited by um the the drop of uh, yes. the Netflix documentary, which is a live show essentially of Beyonce at Coachella. Um Beachella, <laughs> yeah, which we were calling it Beachella for ages. News to me. Um, yeah, I think the the week that that aired, the first week in Coachella last year, I found a stream of it and mm. downloaded it, um, and because it was just so fascinating and so amazing. Um, but it was a real, it's a real treasure to be able to watch an actual, fully uh, shot and uh, directed by Beyonce, of course, mm-hmm. um, live show. And uh, we're going to get deep into it, I guess, aren't we? Yeah, I think we probably should. Um, I think it's, first of all, such a gift. Like you said, it is so thrilling to just be able to see it packaged so well and to see the amount of work that went into it. But I think the the documentary elements of it don't get in the way of... It it does feel like you're watching a concert No, you do need a break from the... uh, absolute uh, magnitude of that's going on on stage so this mm-hmm. is basically it could be and uh, it could be certainly in a live arena it'll be it could be considered in years to come as Beyonce's crowning live achievement mm-hmm. um, and I think she knew this because there was eight months of rehearsals uh, four months with the band and four months with the live performers and and dancers that is a lot <laughs> all while she was nursing her two twin babies which they do address a little bit in the documentary which is nice and there's a lot of family moments in that as well without being like Beyonce's always been 
very careful about that stuff, which is totally She's fair. Quite private, yeah. but you kind of feel you get a sense of who she is as a as a person and a mother and mm. uh, and a, boss. a family person and a boss. Jesus, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean, you've probably seen this, we our listener. Um, if you're if you're watching, if you're listening to this, um, it is an incredible show. Um, built on a kind of a pyramid style, um, platform with uh, like the. What would you call it at a, a football game? Like bleachers. Bleachers, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, each one is set up with, you know, there's an orchestra on stage, there's dancers on this platform, there's uh, all sorts going on, there's uh, uh, drummers and all of the performers and a big theme of it is, it was, which was maybe not, it was obvious maybe that, you know, it was obviously about black colleges and universities, but it really is, the theme of that is really uh, brought together in the documentary about uh, historically black colleges and university, universities, HBCUs as they call them in the documentary. And uh, as the first woman to headline Coachella, um, mm-hmm. it seemed only fitting yep. that she would um, do that and bring in some of her African-American heritage and uh, celebrate that as well. Also, as well a, as the actual live performance, which we'll talk about more, is the fact that the a lot of HBCU alumni like Alice Walker, Marion Wright Edelman, um, Tony Morrison, Audrey Lord, Nina Simone and Maya Angelou are used in the documentary as kind of um, commentators on... Uh, black culture and empowerment and all that kind of stuff as well mm-hmm. um which really does give you a sense of the thematic thing she was reaching for yeah at this coachella show um and her father was also an alumni of a hbcu university called fisk university as well so um you were very very excited about this because you were texting me about it when you were watching it you were did I? You were very excited. Yes. I, I had had a drink and then, <laughs> and then I got home and watched it. And yeah, I mean, it You're was, talking about uh, hosting a screening and, and I, I'm, all sorts of stuff. I have all sorts of stuff planned in my head that will probably <laughs> never come to fruition. But um, yeah, I, I, I think this is properly stunning. And I say that as a massive Beyonce fan um, anyway, but I think that the level at which she kind of converses with black history in America has has always been really fascinating but especially since sort of lemonade formation onwards um since her Super Bowl performance I think has been a really important turn for her and really helped her cement herself as one of the most important pop performers um working today or of her generation I think Homecoming cements her as one of the greatest live performers of all time like I think she's up there with Prince I think she's up there with you know the pre um pre me too Michael Jackson um like any of those major like calling marks for this is the greatest you know live performer in the world she she's up there going to going toe to toe with the best of them certainly in terms of the vision she has for this show and how it operates and how it works and just visually mm. um it's quite stunning the pyramid bleacher setup works yeah. really well 
I was thinking about the logistics of this as well. The, um, you know, the closest comparison, which is not a comparison at all, but in terms of deconstructing a stage show and presenting something different in terms of live performance, like mm. the David Byrne show from last year, where there was eight performers on stage, all radio mic'd. Here we have 150 people on stage or so. Yeah. Um, orchestra playing strings and drums, all mic'd up. Marching uh, bands. Backing vocalists. Marching band, yeah. All, Choir, like. all, all, most of the performers and musicians on stage are from the HBCU uh, colleges as well, uh, mm. traditionally. Um, and it is just a absolute riot of colour. It's a riot of sound and vision. Even, mm. I don't even think, I know you've been listening to the live version yeah. on, on Spotify. Uh, I don't even know if that does a complete justice because it is a whole package. The whole thing is... You know the the clothes, the um, the movement, the yeah. everything, and and not only that, but like you got you can't. It's almost easy to forget because she makes it look so effortless. How good her voice is, how how good she is of a singer live. There's a part where she goes really high, mm-hmm. um, and almost like um, a classical singer, uh, and. I didn't even know she could do that. You know, it's mm. like those kind of, that kind of range and the ability. To, and there's a lot of perf- performance, um, like documentary footage of them uh, working out the steps and, and like just the sheer amount of uh, dance moves. Yeah. <laughs> you know, on that level, when you're operating on that level. And she's also talking about, you know, having to look after her kids as well and mm. giving herself time for that. But she talks about going um, in the planning stages, going from, three different sound stages from one with the band to another with all the dancers to another with all her production team where they're trying to figure out logistically how this is all going to work mm. um, and chose to do this at Coachella which you know in American terms is like the most culturally impactful um, festival going also the Influencer Olympics so yes. you know has that going for it um, what I also loved about the documentary was the crowd shots there's so many crowd shots of, of pure joy I've never seen crying young black women yeah. who just can't believe <laughs> all sorts seeing. all yeah. sorts yeah it was absolutely incredible even if it was a bit at the very end where um, there's a guy who was holding up a, a Beyonce sign for the entire two hours yeah. and she throws her towel at him yeah. and he loses his shit <laughs> <laughs> stuff like that just like the fan stuff as well there's mm. a lot of that in it um, which I really appreciated um, and it is at two hours and 15 minutes it is a lot to take in, um, but it is absolutely brilliant. It is. It is. Something else. Um, I think it's it's a really interesting kind of landmark in her career because, like, like you said, li- listening to the album Homecoming, I'm, I'm not really one for live albums. I can kind of, I can usually take them or leave them. This I love, but I think it's because I have the visual accompaniment in my head. Mm. after seeing the show or at least having some kind of context after watching the show when it aired but you're definitely right in saying that you don't get the the full experience like this is Beyonce as an audiovisual author like she has mixed the worlds of vi- like visual elements and music since 2013 when she dropped her um her the self-titled album. the self-titled album um and it, it wasn't even a i don't know it, it, it we we weren't even at the point where 
artists were dropping albums you know that wasn't even really a thing it it just happened overnight and everyone was like there's a music video for every song and then same thing happened with lemonade lemonade felt more like a short film and that and now with homecoming with the with the live performance there's a lot of themes of education and empowerment and i know she says during the during one of the clips that you know destiny's child was her college and yeah it was her school and going on tour was college for her so it was important for her to kind of come back and loop back around and see exactly the impact that you know f- focusing on black education in- institutions can have on young black people and i think it, it it was so important for her to go and source people from those institutions i think that, that that makes all the difference and it's just so much fun to watch the rehearsals i found the rehearsal footage just so joyful and she was having she was having a lot of fun but i mean that that has to be like a group of 150 or so of the most talented people in the world like because even the the band members even the like yeah. people who are playing tubas they still have to know the the dance moves so yeah. that everybody can work as one full unit and she doesn't she doesn't take any shit but she seems like she'd be really good to work for do you know yeah like if you put it's, it it in, is interesting to watch her talk about those details you can see she's almost getting pissed off at one point about the, yeah. the sheer amount of things she has to think about mm. and how her vision she's like oh, let's not bring up basically saying let's not bring any other issues until these issues are solved yeah yeah <laughs> um but she also talks about you know and you know, thinking about those ideas, like we want to give give the audience the sound that we hear on stage and represent that. So like the stomps of everything, there's yeah. mics for them. Um, I'd say mixing that gig was an absolute nightmare. Oh my God. <laughs> but also like a big challenge, because imagine if you were like, anything goes down with all those radio mics or anything like that, well, especially uh, her one. <laughs> do you know, it was funny when I was watching it at the weekend, I was watching it with the context of this year's Coachella and the amount of sound problems there was. Can you imagine if, if there was any problems during that performance? Like it, there, there really is so much at stake when you're live like that. And uh, like uh, any of the mics go down and you've got a completely different sound and you've fecked the whole thing up. And it wasn't, it was, it was carried off perfectly from start to finish. Like it is, insane it uh, like i i am properly awed by what this is i think it's a proper milestone in like performance history i am like i cannot overstate i was trying to think is there something like that even close to that level of uh, magnitude that whole like ambition Mm. that anyone has ever come near in that in that same Mm. arena even like I I haven't felt it's it's it, it's not the same scale but I haven't felt this kind of moved by a lot li- say like a live concert film um since I saw Stop Making Sense for the first time and I'm moved by that every single time I see it I I adore it um and I I would place this alongside it in terms of its artistic um kind of what what it's aiming for and definitely what it achieves as well as as being more of a piece and not mm. just here's some shots of the live show or here's yeah. you know footage from somebody in the crowd or whatever and i love how it it mixed 
between showing, you know, very, very like swooping, vast, beautifully shot um, moments and then crowd footage um, from like phones and giving you the feeling that you were actually there. I felt the whole production of it was really inclusive. And that's probably that's definitely Beyonce at the helm of that, like wanting people not not only wanting the fans who were there live to get the experience, but the fans like us who aren't there but are going to be watching it at some stage in the future, you can tell that she really wanted us to get the full experience of being there as well. Um, and I think that, that that shows a kind of an awareness um, of, her, of her scope and of her artistry and of the fact that all eyes are on her. I think it makes that spectacle feel like it's so uh, much smaller than it actually was. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple of shots where, from the top of the pyramid of bleachers, whatever you mm. want to call it, um, where you can see the sheer amount of people yeah. there and how many people are spread out. Mm. Um, and you can see how big they make that how 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 intimate almost they make that feel because of the scale of the thing yeah it's like the scale of the stage setup matches what the scale of the audience is in terms of and the two massive screens on either side all that kind of stuff um and she's got walkways out and she's got like walkways and travelators and yeah she's <laughs> yeah when she jumped on the treadmill i was like ah oh, yeah she did do it first didn't she <laughs> but um it's just it, like, and bringing Destiny's Child back in for oh, a really like solid performance as well. Jay and, coming out, and uh, yeah, and he's the only like he was like the quietest he's ever been I know. anywhere. I think there was a part in the documentary footage where he's just like staring at her, going kind of as if his head is going, "How did I get here?" I know she is so much more talented. Than me. Yeah, and she is. Oh, she is. <laughs> she is she absolutely is more, more talented. Like, like when he comes out, it's like. All right, have your victory lap there. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's so <laughs> but funny. But it's really like, you know, uh, he's just sitting there watching her going, my God. There's a moment in it where she's she's, have, she's having that moment where she's talking to um, a big, large group of people and she's trying to get across that they're not managing to get the, how it feels on stage and how it sounds on stage across and she's getting annoyed. Um, but she brings it back at the end and she's like, but you know, we're going to do better and we're going to make it, so woo and then everyone's like yeah okay and then they're all pumped and then Jay is just beside her the whole time and then he just sort of stands up and I can't remember what he says but he says something like that's why she's the boss or something and he just looks so little (laughs) next to her because she's just this powerhouse of a human like she's it it's you're looking at her and it's hard to believe that she's real sometimes and then there's a wonderfully vulnerable moment in it where she is celebrating the fact that she can fit back into her like stage costume and she like FaceTimes Jay and she's like, look, I fit back in. And then she's like, okay. And then just hangs up. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, such a queen. Men are never as excited. No, he, <laughs> he's, he's just like, yay, well done. I love you anyway. And she's like, no, you don't get it. The I other thing to- that the high definition shows you is even just like one example is uh, when Solange comes on stage to do the dance with her and you can see how joyful that is for yeah. the two sisters together as well. It like really is. You didn't really get that impression to the same. Well, you couldn't see the detail in. You couldn't see her sheer uh, exuberance and smile in being on stage with her uh, younger, older sister and younger sisters together. Mm. And <clears throat> I thought that was really great um, as well. I think it's, um, 
Yeah, it's absolutely fascinating. Like the big band 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 thing, and the fact that they're mixing in um, stuff like uh, humble and all sorts of. There was like uh, there's lots of like different um, tracks in there that you're just like, wow. Here's a here's just a flavor of uh, one of the songs. Um, here's freedom from uh, the documentary, just to give you a little bit of a flavor if you haven't seen it yet. kind of hear the the big band there in the background and the um, amount of people on stage not quite see them but you can hear mm-hmm. them obviously but there's so much going on there and i love those kind of interpolations of the likes of humble and uh, there's like uh, bam bam um the sister nancy song there's loads of other bits in there and uh, it really is a a triumph of of performance and entertainment and uh yeah god if you haven't seen it go and watch it Definitely, definitely go watch it. And that's not the only Beyonce news we had this week. No, it's not. We uh, we had lemonade. <laughs> Finally, they, Beyonce gave Spotify lemons out. and they made lemonade. Um, and I've been able to just listen to it now. It, it's been wonderful. Do you know what I did yesterday? I went for a run uh, and I listened to Lemonade from start to finish. And I have to say, Freedom is the best running song. <laughs> you, it just like... The beat in it is exactly what you need. I I was like ready to die, and then the song came on, and I was like, okay, yeah, I can I can keep going here. This is great. Is that why you signed up for a half marathon? Um, no, I did that before, but um, I feel now with Beyonce personally supporting me through all this music, I'll be able to do it. But yeah, it's been wonderful to just actually listen to Lemonade, not in my pocket on YouTube as I was discussing last week, um, and hear the. Because I, 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 I never actually bought the album. I have the LP. I hardly ever listen to it, though. But um, I never actually bought it so that I can listen to it out and about. And, and there is so much different. That can't fit in your pocket, unfortunately. It can't fit. No, no. They should make like giant mini disc players. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's so great to just kind of listen to it and hear the differences in the audio from the visual album to the album. Uh, to the actual album itself um don't hurt yourself is different it's got like a different verse chorus kind of lead in and stuff it's really really interesting it's very and there's cool. a demo of uh of sorry yeah of sorry which is, which is very 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 different to, really different to it's a lot version. more kind of heart-wrenching and um kind of heart it sounds like she's a lot more heartbroken than the yeah. mix that she eventually did put that out. resolve um, yeah that comes in in the yeah. recorded version definitely yeah it that's well worth a listen as well is the original demo of sorry absolutely yeah okay well we move on to our album of the week this week we're going to talk about uh, lizzo's new album 
which is called Cause I Love You. And here is a song we've talked about before on the podcast. It's called Juice. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Don't say it cause I know I'm cute. Knew it down to my drawers. LV all on my shoes. I be dripping so much sauce. Got a bit looking like Prego. Lit up like a crystal ball. That's cool, baby. So is you. That's how I roll. If I'm shining, everybody gonna shine. Don't even gotta try you know? I like shot a nigga better over time you know? Heard you say I'm not the baddest bitch you like <laughs> It ain't my fault that I'm out here getting loose Gotta blame it on the goose Gotta blame it on my juice, baby it ain't my fault that I'm out here making news Time to put it in the proof Gotta blame it on my juice Yeah, yeah, yeah That is Lizzo. The song is called Juice from her third album, Cause I Love You. Uh, So a bit of background on who Lizzo is, if you don't know. Her real name is Melissa Jefferson. She's Houston-born, Minneapolis-raised singer. And uh, she's been around since 2013 or so. She had an album out called Lizzo Bangers. Batches and Cookies was a song I remember from that that stood out. She always had a lot of... Uh, sass and a lot of personality but um, she had spent some time in a couple of other girl groups called uh, Lizzo and the Larva Inc Girl Party and the Chalice um, in 2014 um, Prince Ever the Magpie uh, picked up um, the uh, Chalice and her bandmates um, Lizzo and her bandmates for a track on the joint album from the Plectrum Electrum um, album which is the Third Eye Girl um, with Prince always, Prince was always great at spotting strong female talent and brought her in. And it seems like since Prince passed and since um, Lizzo has been, she released a second album in 2015. Um, but ever since then, it was called Big Girl, Small World. Ever since then, I think she's really found her voice. And not only that, but I think her, the music industry is kind of caught up with what Lizzo makes. She's always made kind of these like the first album was called rap was called Lizzo bangers. You know, she's always made these like empowerment anthems and upbeat rap tunes, but there was never quite a place for her. And now we're in a more genreless world in a way. And music is less um, siloed. Um, it does feel like the right time for somebody like Lizzo to um, gain, gain prominence. Having said that, I think, you know, what's happened with Lizzo on this album is it is a cementing in a way of the actual personality and the cult around her. She has really nailed um, what she, who she is as a person, like the empowerment anthem thing um, and the themes of of being a strong black and big woman, basically. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot. She's she's We've talked before about her playing the flute on uh, Ellen, wasn't it, Ellen? Um, And singing and uh, dancing and all that kind of stuff. And really is a true uh, 21st century performer. So how does the album Cause I Love You shake out after all that? You're asking me. Um, I think this is the album that Lizzo fans, um, new and old, have been expecting from her. And I don't say that as a criticism because I think there there has been a lot of hype and there's been a lot of, a lot of people waiting for this album. Um, and I think in terms of bangers, in terms of great songs, strong voice, um, it, it really does deliver. 
Um, Juice is, I don't even think, the best song on the album. Like, it's probably the most, you know, palatable to your ears in a, in a pop world. But she's got some really, really fantastic songs on this. Um, themes of self-empowerment, self-love, um, relationships with men, like t- taking different kind of perspectives on it. Um, she's got a song on it that she that she says um, that no, nobody writes songs about fuckboys, about, um, what's the word that she used? Oh, she used this brilliant word, I'll find it. But um, I, I, I think Juice is the, still the strongest song on this in terms of a singular single yeah yeah so that's Um, what i mean i mean like it's 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 the song that's gonna grab you into it but i i think in terms of her in terms of showcasing her talents like her voice especially was the thing that grasped me on this um on this record like that that opening song because i love you that's stunning it's like a it's like a motown song kind of retro turn its head a little bit yeah it's it's fantastic Um, it's not about heartbreak it's about being in love with somebody yeah so it's kind of nice that way um i think soulmate is fantastic as well i think that's really really brilliant um she's her own soulmate so you know it's keeping with those themes and yeah i mean the only the only criticisms if i'm allowed lizzo um that i have of the album would be i think a, a lot of the lyrics I'm it's it's kind of like when I'm in the song I get the message but there's not there's not a whole lot of like a deeper layer that I can grab onto um there doesn't necessarily need to be um but I think that I was maybe hoping to get a little bit more of Lizzo out of this and not as much or maybe not just what Lizzo's um message is do you know? I yeah. feel like there's a lot of her message here. There might not be as much of her here. Yeah. Um, is that fair? I'd say, yeah, it probably is. Um, I think this album is set up like, you know, to be, to capitalize on, you know, the fact that so much more attention is on Lizzo now and mm-hmm. rightly so. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a Pitchfork article this week, which mm-hmm. uh, compared her to Natasha Bedingfield. That was ridiculous. Um, <laughs> But that aside, it was pretty fair statement, uh, pretty fair review overall. Yeah. Um, I would have thought, you know, like you can't just because you're writing songs about empowerment and, you know, positive things doesn't mean you can't be criticized. So there was a, a thing she gave out on Twitter, uh, presumably in reference to that review. Don't we know? No, 100% no, do we? No, she didn't. She didn't um, at them or anything, but she got us a 6.5 or 6.3. 6.9. Yeah. 6.9. Close enough. From, like. um, from Pitchfork. And oh, overall, a, a, a largely like a positive enough review. I don't think anything that was said in it was unfair by any stretch of the imagination. Well, maybe the Natasha Bedingfield um, comparison was a bit strange, but uh, it's not, it's not the one I would have gone with, but um, she did tweet in response to possibly that review that people who review albums and don't make music themselves should be unemployed, which is a trope I've seen a few times, which I think is like, obviously I would say that I don't make music, but uh, to say that you can't say anything critical about something unless you've written music yourself is just really a silly argument. Um, I think she look it looks like she, um, 
reneged on that a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think she in, did. In preceding tweets, she was like, oh, uh, she 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 tweeted about, uh, you know, oh, let's get music uh, journalists to kick it in the studio with me for my next album. I'd like to understand your world mm-hmm. as much as you can understand mine, you know, like... So that was a, a direct response to her own tweet and then going to take my temper off the internet is what she said after that. And then there was a couple of other things. Um, yeah, I, I I definitely get the impression that she regretted tweeting that as as kind of flippantly as yeah. she did. And I, I don't have a huge amount of problems with her tweeting that. I think, you know, you're a pop star. You don't necessarily, like for all she knows, a music reviewer job is a nine to five with a pension and you know that it's it's a job that you go into every day with your briefcase and it's not it's not that at all um, 6.5 is what they gave her. 6.5 yeah so yeah I, I think that this is a problem um that is kind of it, it's everywhere in in the industry it's you know people will celebrate their good reviews and they'll be pissed off with their bad reviews and that's it's just the role of the critic to kind of keep going anyway. Um, the idea that somebody should have to make music in order to review music. Um, well, firstly, it gets rid of um, any journalism degrees that anybody might have, any music degrees that anybody might have. But even further to that, just any critical thought, it, it just gets rid of it completely. I don't necessarily want to only read reviews of things by people who have made yeah music. then you're just press releases you know yeah. like if you can't say anything positive uh, or you're not allowed to say anything negative mm-hmm. it would be a strange world to be in yeah i do think some aspects of that review were maybe a little bit harsh as well there was other parts that were saying it was like in her rapping was like an snl sketch or um there was another part that said um uh, like despite her obvious skill and charisma some of the songs are burdened with overall production I think it's very... I think I, d- very, I do get that th- in certain places. Yeah, it's very like... I listened to this driving from West Cork to Clare mm-hmm. and I couldn't have imagined a more different environment <laughs> from where Lizzo made it <laughs> than yeah. the back roads between uh, West Cork and Clare. So, uh, yeah, I definitely felt like it was a different world completely, but and it definitely... Like, that's that Lizzo bangers thing. It's like, it's just non-stop almost. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, there's a lot of switch ups and styles. And we've got Missy Elliott on a song called Tempo. Then there's a uh, Gucci Mane appears on Exactly How I Feel. But a lot of that is like her, her her charisma. And she is this big personality. She is this, uh, has this massive voice. Mm-hmm. And uh, she is the star on this one. Yeah. So yeah, I could see why you might, you could imagine she could strip it back a bit more in terms of production so that she allows that to shine through a bit more and maybe the message as well because sometimes it does feel like everything is kind of like rushing yeah. at you in big I mean I'm I'm I, I admire the the level of positivity on it 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 is relentless um it, she doesn't let up from you know a positive message once it's all empowerment and I think that that's fine you, just just because you're making music that is empowering doesn't mean that you're preaching I definitely don't think that she gets into that but I think my my only problem was that I didn't get to know her um, as as a person, I suppose, or as as an artist who isn't just um, all about positivity. I I I think she she could have retained a positive message while also allowing us in a little bit more 
Um, but I think maybe like some of those lyrics give you a sense of that in terms of being a she is a big black woman like she says mm-hmm. and there's a lot of that you can gather from the lyrics as well in terms of turning that into a very positive thing yeah so you kind of gather some of that experience sure and, yeah I think maybe it's just that I didn't see a lot of vulnerability on it um and I don't think that I I think you can show vulnerability while also being positive at the same time um like don't get me wrong I'm I'm all for the you know positivity train I love it but I just would have liked to get to know Lizzo a bit more also more flute more flute. It needed yeah, more, flute. more flute. Where was the flute? There's an extended version of Juice which has more flute. On yes, it. there is, and there's there's a couple of moments where the flute does get to shine, but not nearly enough. More which, flute. And you said the flute has its own Instagram account. Yeah, um, I, I'll find it now. Um, but the <laughs> the 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 what, what do you call it? Bio on it yeah. is just <laughs> when you, when you play me, you play yourself. <laughs> well, let's take a like a bit more of a song from "Cause I Love You" from Lizzo. This is a soulmate. Had to know how to look. They used to say to keep a man, you had to know how to cook. But I'm solo and so ho sick and soldier with Malibu. It's not me, myself, kind of attitude. Lizzo song is called Soulmate and I think you really get an impression of her like there's a lot going on there as well isn't there like there is a lot in terms of production and the hand claps and that Mm. kind of uh, uh, vibe that's happening Um, I think just to give you another flavor actually just a bit more here's a a bit of the song um, that she uh, with um, sorry uh, Missy Elliott Called Tempo. Slow songs, they for skinny hoes. Can't move all of this here to one of those. I'm a thick bitch, I need tempo. tempo. Fuck it up to the tempo. Pity pat, pity pat, pity pity pat. Look at my ass, it's fitty fitty fat. Kitty cat, kitty cat, kitty kitty cat. Pour me a glass, boy, I like my water wet. Throw it back. Throw it back, good Catch that. I need a jack for all of this ass, but it won't go flat. Baby. Come eat some of this cake He look like he could gain a little weight Lick the icing off, put the rest in your face Slow songs, they for skinny hoes Can't move all of this here to one of those I'm a thick bitch, I need tempo Fuck it up to the tempo Fuck it up to the tempo and it's Tempo featuring Missy Elliott She comes in later on that track from Lizzo Overall, pretty... What do you think of the album? Pretty positive, yeah. Pretty, pretty positive. Uh, re- really, really like it. Um, it's full of bangers. Her I voice that, yeah. is 
is the star I think on it um it and really she surprised says herself me. her voice is the genre her voice is the genre absolutely and I think that this this is gonna cement that voice as being instantly recognizable and you'll be able to tell a Lizzo song from it forevermore I'd love to see her live um I think her show looks like a lot of fun yeah. um I hope that we get to see that soon whenever Me that too. may be that is uh, our album of the week from Lizzo Cause I Love You now it's time for an interview we're going to talk to Kelsey Liu uh, the vocalist uh, cellist and producer Kelsey Liu just released her debut album Blood last Friday on Columbia Records she made that album with Roddy McDonald who is known for her work with the XX and Sampha and uh, the album also features additional production from Jamie XX and Skrillex, amongst others. Uh, Kelsey Liu was, came out uh, a couple of years ago with a couple of um, kind of dreamy orchestral music. She, using the cello, she had a church EP where she performed it all live with loop pedals and just the cello. Um, she was raised in North Carolina and left home at 18 to study that instrument uh, in the University of North Carolina School of the Arts and then spent several years traveling and went to New Jersey to live in a squat and is now based in Los Angeles. She has collaborated with Florence and the Machine, Solange, Blood Orange, Sampha, Mariah Carey and more. Um, so I spoke to Kelsey Liu backstage uh at her recent Dublin show at the Workman's Club, she was uh, she was a lovely, lovely interviewee. So here is that chat with Kelsey Liu. My mind put you on to a throne soon enough, I'll outgrow. Didn't know my feet were too big for my shoes, running in them led me to bruise, falling over. Put my fingers and toes turning blue So afraid of cutting me loose You're holding on to me You're holding on To west, I'm headed on this road To west, just cruise as far as I can go To California, California, California Never looking back, goodbye A list of all the reasons why So, so, how are you doing? I'm doing, you know, it's been, I'm doing good in this moment. I was kind of having a hard time earlier this morning. Mercury is in retrograde and I was really feeling it over these right. past 12 hours. When traveling where you feel like everything's going wrong. I don't know. Um... But that's why you have that, a tour manager to help yeah, you. Yeah, you know, <laughs> shout out Solana. She's really <laughs> coming through. Yeah, this is my first time uh, actually doing these runs with her. I haven't right. had a tour manager until this time. I've Well, my like tour manager was my manager. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, before that, it was just me. Right. Yeah. When, you f when you first started with your EP, mm -hmm. um, like I heard that and I was just blown away by it. Um, you record that in a church. Yeah. On its own, live. Yeah. Um, and I'm interested in where you've gone from that time musically. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you see that developing from from that point? Because you came out and you had a very, pretty clear vision, mm -hmm. if you ask me. I was very much like, 
it was very clear you had yeah. really interesting visuals and mm -hmm. stuff like that and so since then your music has developed a lot yeah so what was your vision for for your music when you were first around that point when you to now where, where have you been taking it um i think in more of a an expansive viewpoint um and more of like a collaborative feeling um and like the exploration of of uh, communication through music with other people and and how that kind of when it's still the message and the things that I'm talking about are still very much like um, about things that are very personal and still touching on the points that I that I was touching on in the out in church and and things that I just was there when I was playing when I was doing all these these things by myself and that I was very much like honing on on the the um of finding my own voice within my music and being able to yeah comfortably and honestly um communicate that with someone else um i wanted to be able i wanted to explore that because I think also the things that I was talking about, I wanted to uh, kind of gain maybe another perspective of sound mm -hmm. and something that somebody else would be able to see through the things that I was making, kind of like help assist and like boost um, my vision mm -hmm. that I wouldn't have necessarily... Not so much that I wouldn't have been able to do it on my own, but that they would have just kind of like assisted me, like been there, kind of as a as a as a guide, like me as a conductor, mm. and and them as kind of the the orchestrator in a, in a right. way. How do you decide then what kind of person or how to pick that person, or just you just have to start working with them and see how it goes? Yeah, meeting yeah. them, um, ideally meeting them before we start working together and 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 taking it from there like playing around with energy and conversation and uh, a meeting of the minds and so sure. yeah so with that then so who have you worked with that you you found a connection with and uh I guess it takes time to develop that bond, really. Yeah, it does. Um, one person that I actually, like, I worked with a lot for their, this upcoming record for Blood um, was Roddy McDonald. And um, he, we met in London. Well, actually, the first time we met was in, was in New York before I recorded Church. And um, I... We just like had one day like in it was like in a a writing room in like Universal Studios in New York. It was like so it was like a very corporate environment, like a very corporate building, and it was like yeah. really not vibey at all. And we met and um, went to went to this like you know weird room, and it was like a writing room. It was like kind of like whatever, but um, he was like. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like you know 
you know what you're doing and I don't have to tell you anything. So you just like do what, what it is that you do and then just like tell me what, tell me what you want. And like, I'll like, like I'd like to watch your process of how you do it. And I'm just going to sit back. And that was really, um, that was really comfortable for me instead of going into a space and the person being like, okay, here's what I do. And like just taking over the kind of space and filling the room with their, with their sort of ego. And he, he's always from the beginning, it's just like, you are, you do what you do and you know what you're doing and what your vision is. I'm just, I'm here to assist like in whatever way, but I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. back, you know, I'm sitting yeah. back. and like, Well, that's it. Like you, like through your visuals and, and your music, it's very clear you have an identity that you yeah. are, you know, that is you, that's very much you and that's very yeah. strong. And yeah. so you don't need somebody to tell you the opposite. Yeah. Have you had that experience in that way? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, like I said, I brought up ego. I think that that's um, something that is a kind of, that can sometimes be a fault for a lot of people. I mean, I also think that ego is not necessarily a negative thing. I think that, you know, we all have it and and that it 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 is something that we can fuel ourselves off of and um but I think when it, it's something that we we don't necessarily can put into check or that if we don't put it into check or we aren't aware of it, then it can grow beyond us and um take over the space and um yeah and working with people i've i've definitely experienced that where um they've sort of felt the need to take control and um and that i'm i'm kind of their their muse or, or that you know i don't I have my voice, but they're the way that they mask it is is through compliments and through like you know petting, and um, that can only go so far. But. So, in terms of um, have you found yourself being able to listen to your gut in that way? You yeah. know, you know. I think we all have that idea where you know if you listen to your gut, actually, usually you're yeah, right. Usually you're right. You're right. But, you know actually really listening to it is the hardest part yeah because you're like uh, oh i should have listened to my good <laughs> and i didn't so yeah and like, i'm i'm also like i'm i'm a taurus and I, so i'm like really stubborn so like i can hear a voice but if i'm like i'm set in my ways and like yeah. i've made this decision so i'm gonna stick to it and like that other voice in my head can go fuck itself oh can i curse on here yeah of course yeah, okay. yeah yeah so <laughs> so there's also that but you know, it's all it's all it's all a lesson, and it's all worth worth learning. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. I mean, that's the nature of collaboration as well, because mm-hmm. it is a great uh, learning tool. Because it's a lot of people now can make music, and and the way that the music industry is in terms of um, the money available to people, it's mm-hmm. like almost encouraged to be a solo artist as well. Mm-hmm. So you have to, if you are a solo artist, like it is your name on the, mm-hmm. uh, as the artist, you yeah. have to figure out a way that you can f- kind of find that creative nourishment that yeah. is part of like the, one of the appeals of being in music is the yeah. working off other people and yeah. and learning from others as well. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. You've been yeah. playing with Nina Cherry recently. Yeah. How was that? Yeah. It was amazing. It was so incredible. It was, Honestly, like 
one of the best uh, supporting tours I've ever experienced. It's just she um, is so loving, so caring, and and also has just ha- she has so many stories. And mm, she's been doing this a long she's time. She's been doing this for so long, and even still, it's just her spirit is so high and. It's infectious and um, yeah. but she, like she's been making really interesting experimental music, yeah, um, and pop music as well, and yeah. in that as well. So it's yeah. a really, like it's been my entire life, you yeah. know. Like it's been yeah. there the whole time since Buffalo yeah. Stance and, and yeah. beyond. Even there was some stuff that came out last year that was mm-hmm. um, earlier stuff that I'd never heard before, and I was yeah. like, oh, right, cool, that's really yeah. interesting. Yeah, so you know. She has that kind of drive that mm-hmm. um, is probably quite inspirational mm-hmm. for someone like yourself. Yeah. And then also seeing those songs like come to life um, in a live setting too. And the way the way in which like they're kind of interpreted and um, it's really cool. It's really inspiring. Is there any kind of other inspirations in terms of music you're you're finding at the moment? Yeah. I've been really getting into like different like female rappers. There's just like a lot of power in that. Like who? Megan the Stallion, the Stallion. Oh yeah. Yeah, and she has a song called "Big Ol' Freak," and <laughs> she's just so bomb, and I love her flow. Cool. And she's just. I'm all about women empowerment and like feeling feeling myself when I'm like listening to music and she really makes me feel myself real yeah. hard. It makes me feel like a big old freak. Cool. So I've been, <laughs> I've been listening to her. Um, <laughs> so in terms of your album, then, is there uh, any t- themes you're exploring in terms of your lyrics that you're you can identify? Any, any what themes? Themes? Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, in like in the album. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few themes. Well, there's a, yeah. There's a lot of themes. Um, I guess when I was thinking of the album like i sort of like split it up into three acts there's like three acts and the first act um is dealing with home and sort of the past and um an observation of my parents and their sort of interracial relationship and um me and in all of that and leaving home and um it's more so past and then it kind of moves more into the second act which is more of like the present and sexuality and fun and exploration and um spiraling and Mm -hmm. um yeah dancing and 
disco. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then the third is more towards the future and kind of a, a theme of like a political outlook and social and um, a general outlook of hope for yeah. everything. Yeah. And there's a lot of been really great music being made now that has um, is very socially conscious and, and has a lot to say. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's quite an inspirational thing at the moment, like to mm-hmm. have so much of that really great music. Like I know you've played with Blood Orange, for example, mm-hmm. like and Solange as well. Those two recent albums are just something to really to learn from and get lost in as well. So, you know, um, you've yeah. played with those people as well. So you know what that feels yeah, like. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of great artists who are speaking on very real things that are going on in, in, in truthful ways beyond the ones that we even, you know, may see more in the limelight, um, which I'm into exploring, honestly. And I'm into finding the ones that may be like, not have as big of a voice as the ones that we that we see yeah yeah so anyone in particular you want to mention yeah um lafonda oh yeah 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 um that's one of my favorite artists um as well as klein klein right yeah um she's in london she's based out of london um it's one of my favorite uh, favorite musicians, El Heist as well. Right. Um, is also based in London. Um, and they're young, kind of up and coming black women. On your shoulder will not be mine. Fear, it's the soul, it's a flavor. You don't know what's left inside. Fear, it's the soul, leaves a flavor. Lafonda, Lafonda, I love, she's one of my favorite um, lyricists. She definitely, like, the messages within her her words are, like, swords right. in a lot of ways okay. and the way that she delivers them. And, yeah, it's really inspiring. And Klein is just, I feel like her sound is so far uh, kind of beyond what, people may even be really ready for or like are able to really understand mm. um which is really exciting Sometimes, you know you look at a baby and you know they've been here before so they came back and i met one angel through my cousin and she said that i would really like this person and i do i think also growing up it's really hard. Great. Well, we're look. We're really looking forward to seeing you yeah. tonight. Um. So, uh, looking forward to that and to hearing blood when it does come out. Yeah. And uh, you've been welcomed with a copy of Soundings, which anyone yeah. listed this will know exactly what that means. <laughs> and it might have a very strong reaction to it, but it's a really nice gift. Take yeah. it home with you. I will learn it off by heart, like we had to. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You yeah. Had to learn you had to learn it heart by heart. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> but Kelsey, thanks so much for your time. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah.
that is Kelsey Lou, and thanks for the chat uh, backstage at the Workman's. I appreciate it, and uh, she was really good that night. She didn't have a full band, but she had. Um, she kind of just did her own thing. She had a very stripped back um, live show. Didn't bring the cello um, and played a bit of guitar, but didn't do much else. Um, but really captivated the audience as well, and uh, really great to see. I'm really enjoying her album Blood. She came out last Friday. I urge you to check that out. It is very, very good and uh, definitely one to watch in terms of rising stars. Like you said there, or like I said before, um, she has worked with a lot of very uh, prominent people in music at the moment, and I'm sure she will continue to do so. Seems like an artist who has a lot of ambition and, uh, and that ambition is only going to be more realized as we go on. So we move on to songs of the week our first song of this week is from SZA The Weeknd and Travis Scott and it is called Brexit is Brexit no it's called Power is Power and this is what it sounds like I went over the coldest one So a couple of weeks ago we talked about the Game of Thrones soundtrack and that is one of those songs um, that features on the on the soundtrack, like an inspired soundtrack, not really an actual soundtrack, although this week's episode did feature a Florence and Machine song, um, which was uh, interesting. I don't know if that featured on the Game of Thrones uh, actual, this soundtrack where we're talking about. Not sure. I'm not sure if it does either. Um, but that is SZA, The Weeknd and Travis Scott, Powers Power, basically to my ears, doing something that sounds uh, inspired exactly by the Black Panther soundtrack and <laughs> um, and then bringing in Travis Scott uh, offcuts from Sicko Mode. Um, it's fine. It's grand. SZA, I can listen to SZA sing no matter what, even if the song is terrible, but like The weekend does his weekend thing, SZA does her thing, Travis Scott, do, it's like they were recorded in three different rooms, they probably were. I am thoroughly unmoved by this. Like it's, and I noticed that you didn't play the weekends verse there. It, well, because it just sounds he just exactly consumes the same the song in his weekend style, and that's yeah, all you get from it. Exactly, you don't get anything else. No. You get, oh, look, great. Yeah, we haven't gotten great. anything else from him in a long, long time. Um, yeah, this is I don't the, like. Isn't it a bit on the nose now? I think I'm just sick of the um, heavy lies the crown sort of thing I'm just the lyrics did absolutely nothing to inspire me it didn't make me think about Game of Thrones at all apart from the 
kind of silly, very silly references to the crown and to there was, uh, ice, ice and, and fire. Yeah, 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 yeah just yeah. that like quick, you got to get something right. Re- well, yeah, it, it, it kind of felt like they were given a list of key phrases to incorporate into a song. <laughs> so that they, they gave Abed a word cloud <laughs> yeah. and he had to incorporate the song, <laughs> those key messages into yeah, the song. Yeah, yeah, it does feel like, yeah. So that is, they couldn't overlap with anybody else's as well. Yeah, they're allowed to use these ones. Yeah, don't, don't say this though. Don't say throne for example throne is being kept for somebody else's song um yeah it's it's absolutely fine bland grand fine thank bland, you fine, bland, and grand. Um, are we going to talk about game of thrones at the end of the episode again oh yeah we'll do our little yeah, yeah, our little thing so uh, there will be spoilers ahead yeah um but, but not I, now i guess there's not much else to say about uh, that tune it nope. is what it is <laughs> You're gonna you're gonna hear it in uh, montages, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. God, maybe. I hope not. <laughs> I hope it doesn't close out an episode. Of oh, well, you, really won't, you won't hear it in the show. Well, they closed it. Well, yeah, yeah, but that the Florence song was very suitable to the show. Sure, um, yes, and didn't jar you in a way. that trap yeah. sock come in and go, yeah. Like, that's not gonna happen. <laughs> if in, this closes out the finale, I'm cancelling Game of Thrones. <laughs> well, it'll be too late. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we move on. Uh, our next song is from Feta featuring Loa. This is called Bufferfly. Feda and her sister Loa with a song called Bufferfly. Now Feda's been releasing a couple of these kind of tunes recently. Um, Sarah Gungo was another one uh, in February and uh, kind of working on, on her production chops. She's a, a Dubliner, Emma Garnett, and uh, herself and her sister have performed together a lot. But I've never heard them do this kind of stuff together, which I think is really interesting. Um, I'm liking what I'm here here. It does kind of, it's kind of formless in a way. It doesn't really mm. follow a... a a strict structure and in a way that's one of its uh, appeals but it won't be for everybody I'd say um I love when Loa comes in here and like kind of consumes 
the dynamic range of the song. Um, what do you think of it, Drake? Yeah, I'm a really big fan of this. Um, I think there's so much going on. I still haven't really fully wrapped my head around it just yet. Um, like you said, it, it it is formless. It's It's got this kind of really driving, fast, almost anxious, industrial kind of forceful beat in it, which kind of keeps everything together and then everything else just kind of swirls around it. Um, I feel like the the kick in is so powerful when you're listening to it and it just like it just drops in then and it that that actually happens about two or three times throughout the song where it does it does kind of shape shift um around itself and it's yeah it's really really wonderful it it's a incredibly layered kind of song that I like I said I don't feel like I've gotten my head around it yet I think I need many many more listens to yeah understand I, why I like it so much I think that's fair enough it's <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah I just like the vocal tones I like the mm. the twists and turns it takes I <clears throat> when I wrote about it I said it reminded me of the producer Machine Drum who did a lot of these kind of ambient kind of dance music kind of productions mm. that the kind of twist and turn you never know really where they're going this kind of has that feel to it for me um it does go in different directions and you're never quite sure where it's going. Um, uh, but I really like it. I like what I hear. And I think it's really nice to hear this kind of stuff. And certainly um, it's nice to hear. I know Law has done some dance kind of on hip hop stuff recently and in the past, but uh, it, this feels like kind of trying to push more boundaries in uh, sonically than um, we've heard recently. And Feta's last song was kind of like that, but it was more, this is, Afro soul and kind of housey music, but it also is pushing those uh, things in different directions yes. as opposed to um, taking them and bringing them into the song. It feels like it's trying to push outwards from that. And I really like that part of it. Now, our next song is from Marika Hackman. It's called I'm Not Where You Are. No, you're here. Here you go. song from Marika Hackman it's called I'm Not Where You Are presumably trailing an album to come I think uh, yeah I'm assuming so she um she posted this track on her Twitter today with um kind of news to come 
So it was a very pleasant surprise for fans of her. This is her first uh, release since 2017's album? Yes. I didn't um, actually hear that album, I don't think. I think it is right up your street. I'm familiar with her 2015 album, which I can't remember the name of now. Um, So the I'm Not Your Man, her last album is very, very different to the work she's done before. It's a lot more kind of hazy, garage guitar tones um much more kind of slouchy rock she recorded it with the band uh the big moon if you know them oh, yeah, I, yeah. I quite like them i think they're very good um and yeah this this feels like kind of fur- furthering that um like get, getting getting further away from what might have been kind of sorrowful twee stuff on her earlier stuff and a lot more guitar based and um yeah, I really, really like this. I think it's good. She says the song is uh, is about breaking up with people or self-sabotaging relationships. On the surface, it seems like an arrogant, everybody falls in love with me kind of song, but it's actually incredibly lonely, introspective and self-deprecating. So there sure. you go. Yeah. Co-produced with uh, David Wrench, who's a very good producer in the UK, did a lot of Caribou stuff and, and Jape stuff as well mm-hmm. in, back in the day. Um, but that is Marika Hackman. The song is called I'm Not Where You Are. Now, our final song for this week, uh, we go to... Uh, the crown wearer himself, God knows, with a song called Crown, which I haven't queued up yet, which I will queue up now, and I will play it now, I swear. Here it comes. Here it comes. Watch out. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta put a crown on him Let us see if he suits like the blonde on M Give him a piece of the pie like Juju on him Watch their reaction soon as the next round's on him Woof! I love to drop the gold on him Let us see if they shine Mansa Musa on him Million dollar babies eat wood on him Watch their reaction soon as the next round's on him Kojak had daily daydreams I got hotel bathroom nightmares Uncle selling perfumes in the jacks Not because he don't know Jack But because he don't know Jack Just Baba Day and he's back home And he ain't going back To opioid addiction and employment That's a buck concoction That's just emotion when you're tossed in the ocean Brothers back home getting sold like an auction what am I talking about, man? Brothers back home getting sold at an auction While I'm out here trying to function Gambino said this is America Nah fam, this is the world Man's need to escape KMT in the world of littles I'm out there somewhere in the green like nettles Writing like I'ma be a spokesperson for Tesco's Every little helps, every little helps Summertime barbecue vibes Tupac poetic justice I'm your cousin when I'm pulling up God knows real name, no gimmicks I'll be twice when they pull this up Before you put me on that pedestal Lay it all down Lay it all down for me 
came in the game with a bad man tune Then I came in the game with a bad man team uh, Reloaded bad man album Still got the award to show them Couple of them clear Hard to turn down that slow But as God knows The song is called Crown Originally recorded with the French producer and singer Who you heard there Are Weir Lennon Or Leon, sorry In the Funk House in Berlin As part of the People Festival last summer Which is uh, the collaborative festival Run by the National Desner Brothers And Justin Vernon of Bon Iver uh, A lot of artists decamp to people And uh, in Funk House in Berlin And make music and perform together in a kind of a formless almost uh, there's no timetable uh, mm. publicly posted you just kind of wander around different rooms walk in and see whoever's being interviewed or or chat to or making music or performing so uh, yeah they were was some kind of family were over there you heard morley at the start of that track as well this is a the first uh, official like single release from God Knows as a solo uh, artist. He, he's been on uh, recent tracks from the Sim Simba Sound System alongside Denise Chyla and a few others. And uh, he played at our uh, Dublin Sound gig uh, last week. Was that last week? Week four? Two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Yes, he played at that. And uh, great to hear some new music from him. Um, this is not was what I was expecting from him. But I guess that, that makes sense because of the way it was recorded with uh, a collaboration process in Funk House in Berlin um, what do you think it is? Big fan obviously yeah um, it, it is weird to think that this is the first single from God knows right because I just, first I, solo single yeah, yeah. I, think, I, I just feel like we're, we're so familiar with his sound and his flow from everything else he's kind of done um, I, I think this is I mean as first singles go um, extremely strong it's brilliant his flow is just delicious to listen to like just absolutely gorgeous the lyrics in it are excellent you know he's shouting out kind of fellow rappers and hip-hop people yeah, from he goes, Ireland. he goes deep i mean you heard the reference to kojak there mm. his lethal dialect jafar's uh, jlwell gi same difference costello amongst artists like tupac and, and kendrick and charles and gambino and OB that's Trace. what i like about it it's that kind of um equation it's just you know I'm, I'm naming this person who's you know big hip-hop person in ireland alongside tupac or whatever yeah, you know yeah. um it kind of it, it brings it all in to a very nice kind of narrative about hip-hop yeah and certainly um yeah god knows is a champion of new irish um hip-hop for sure yeah. and as somebody who works with uh, a, a music generation and stuff like that as well is known for like bringing up and uh, supporting and educating mm-hmm. as well so uh, it's good to hear him kind of bring that in as well um, I'll be interested to hear what else is coming from him based on the few songs I heard live that I'd never heard before there's a lot of different kind of stuff coming so uh, I'm awesome. excited I think he can do a lot of different things and apply different kinds of flows to different kind of songs so is there going to um, be an EP or an LP or anything I'm not sure or? I'm not sure okay. uh, I don't actually know that um Sure, we'll have to have a chat with him someday and see what what's up. But nice. um, there will be no more uh, live shows from him as well. And I think he's playing with the Sim Sima sound system at uh, Forbidden Fruit as well, which should be good. And uh, yeah, that is God Knows. The song is called Crown. That is it for Songs of the Week this week. Uh, and all that remains is for me to ask Dre, what have you been reading and listening and watching this week? I've been listening to Beyonce, obviously, so... That's the, I haven't been listening to much else. Been listening to Lemonade. It's been a wonderful experience. I watched the 1940 or 1941. I'm not sure which one it is. Uh, Dumbo film, which is 90 minutes long. It's so short. I watched it on. 90 minutes is a normal length for a movie. Yeah, but <laughs> at least it used to be. It's 
Yeah, it's just so short. I don't know. I think because so Dumbo was, you know, the way you kind of have your Disney films that were yours when you were a kid. And it all depended on which ones you'd like your dad had taped off the TV or whatever, what ones you physically owned on VHS. And um, for a long time, Dumbo was mine. Um, It was my my favorite film growing up as a kid. And I haven't hadn't sat down and rewatched it since I was probably about eight or so. And I remembered so much of it and it was fantastic. I was like, I know it's known for being like the weepy one, like even more so than Bambi, but my God, did I sob (laughs) while I was watching it. I was in bits watching it. Um, Then the next day I went to the zoo and saw the elephants and that was very nice. Is that why you went to the zoo? No, no, we'd planned on going to the zoo anyway. And then I got very excited about seeing the elephants because I love seeing the (laughs) elephants at the zoo. Um, And I suggested that we watch Dumbo. And it was, yeah, it was fantastic. Really do recommend going back and watching it. I think I'm going to do a run of... um, of those kind of the the very early Disney films, I'm going. I'm definitely going to rewatch um, a lot of them because they're just stunning, absolutely gorgeous. And watching, um, it's just been Game of Thrones, and we'll we'll pretty, keep that chat for a moment or two. I pretty think. obsessed with that, I have to say. I've also been watching and enjoying uh, the uh, the Take of It is is on Netflix, and oh, I've been watching stop, a lot isn't of it them brilliant. Again. This week, it's just nonstop. Um, Have you ever seen it before? Yeah, okay. of course. I love it. Like killer one-liners. And it's because Veep is back in, I think it's its final season now. And uh, while I really like Veep and it's a whole different thing, the American, the story around the fact that like Veep is centered on the vice president or president or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in the thick of it, it's never about anyone who's who's at the top of power. It's always about the, the backroom boys and, and women who are just like, sniping at each other <laughs> they're so horrible Peter Capaldi is just so brilliant at everything he's like yeah. what was the one yesterday he's like you're like a sweaty octopus trying to unhook a bra <laughs> <laughs> like it's just full of it it's like you, you could just literally put it on at any point and just laugh because it's just like it doesn't matter what's happening because they're yeah. just people bickering at each other at mm. all points um but it's it's brilliant yeah I think that the thick of it is a cornerstone of modern British comedy it is insanely yeah. good it's ridiculous how good it for is for some reason the quality on the first two um, seasons on Netflix are pretty poor they're like really bad I feel like that adds to it yeah but like it doesn't <laughs> it, matter yeah, it, yeah, it yeah. kind of puts it within its time frame that kind of Blair era British politics it's kind of what the news would have looked like for yeah, us you know yeah it kind of makes sense yeah um, I've just been listening to playlists I did a lot of driving last week from uh, to West Cork and to Claire and so we did a lot of listening to playlists and tunes and listened to the likes of Lizzo and stuff like that um, haven't really been listening to anything else this week sure. other than our regular deep dives into new music um, but uh, yeah uh, I guess yeah the big thing is is Game of Thrones um, we give our spoiler warning I actually yeah. went to the Red Bull free gaff on Sunday night because it was Easter Sunday obviously so everyone had Monday off so by the time I got home I went to the boom play and uh, a bit of a Mac as well and it was so sweaty in that place it was so <laughs> it was so nice though it was like a really good house party in this mm. weird gaff near um, in Tottenham 4 very strange but uh, very cool it works really well and uh, I was yeah I was DJing Friday and Saturday as well so I was at Spacer Friday and uh, which is our second night or that's every Friday in Lost Lane I'm back there this weekend playing all night myself 
just me on my own. Just you. And then we had Luma on Saturday as well, which was quiet enough, but um, still uh, nice vibes as well. Um, so pretty tired. That's why I took two days off on Thursday and Friday last week. As soon as we finished the podcast last week, I was out of there <laughs> in the morning. And uh, yeah, it was good. But um, yeah, Game of Thrones, I guess. Let's talk about it briefly sure um I, i'm really enjoying it so like just because it's like coming to an end and you don't know what you know something big is coming i guess the second episode was a lot more um characters almost giving their final farewells mm. <laughs> there's a lot of that going on um one in particular was very um controversial for literally no reason um was aria's goodbye to gen to gendry um i saw some ridiculous takes online being like oh no I wasn't ready because we still see Arya as being a little girl it's like oh crap get over yourself it's ridiculous um I didn't see it on Monday I I had to wait till Tuesday because I was re-watching season three Jeez, you're on season three now we're, we're on season three it's going very well um you might catch up but Jamie's just time. lost his hand well that's what we're thinking we didn't think we would but we might actually if we put the hours in because we've another um, <laughs> put, the <hours> in. <laughs> put the hours in and uh we've another bank holiday coming up as well so that's a whole extra day yeah right um yeah, yeah. so yeah Jamie's just lost his hand um which I completely forgot about how could you forget that literally just the whole thing went out of my head and then I was like oh yeah um but anyway so I, I didn't get to watch it on the Monday or the Sunday whenever um so I had to wait until Tuesday half eight Monday morning 8 30 a.m on Monday morning I saw a spoiler on Twitter oh really oh like, no that's just because early. it was the bank holiday weekend. It was like what all we, the rules. What were we doing up at half eight on bank holiday Monday? Because I get off early at the weekends because I like to have my whole day. You thought you were in work, did you? Uh, <laughs> my work alarm did go off. But that's not why I was. <laughs> uh, no, I like to get up early at weekends. But anyway, half eight in the morning, lads. No. Yeah, that's a bit early. That's not okay. I've been managing to avoid anything, but I have been watching it. So I haven't been like. Yeah. I so I had, to, I had to get through Monday and Tuesday then. So I was quite quiet on Twitter for those days. But uh, the spoiler was that Arya and um, Gendry sleep together. Yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't a major spoiler. But yeah. I, I, I really liked this episode. It felt, it really did feel like the night before the war starts. I loved all the stuff around the fire. Um, there was a lot of funny parts to it as well. Really funny, yeah. The the story that uh, Tormund tells about being suckled by a big woman <laughs> all that kind of stuff it's just like there's lots of that and then obviously Brienne uh, getting her that was uh, very her moving knighthood, really really which moving. just makes you think that she's gonna die yeah I'm I'm ne I I expect them all to die yeah do you I, I think In the all... well the next episode is the big battle yes it's an 80 minute long episode 60 minutes oh, of battle man. um so I I think anyone who was in that Almost everybody who was in that uh, uh, at the fire is probably mm. going to die. My housemate reckons they're all going to get, they're all going to turn into White Walkers. And then the rest of the season is going to be them marching to the south to Cersei and Cersei not having any anyone to save her. Oh, Which God. I I wouldn't be that mad if that happened. But I feel the conflict is then lacking somewhat. Absolutely. Oh yeah, no, um, it would be ridiculous. I would say, yeah, more likely that um, you know, one of them will be turned, or at least, um, mm. and then they would be fighting. Either John or Daenerys, one of them will be turned. You think, yeah. Well, I think so. We don't have long to find out now. But um yeah, and I always I think I think Jamie's gonna stick around for a bit longer. He hasn't quite um even if he is involved in the battle, he still has unfinished business yes um, absolutely so there's what a, did you think of the song 
Oda Florence. Yeah. <laughs> that Podrick sings. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Podrick's it was like, one of my favorite It was suitable. Characters. It was better than, you know, SZA and Travis Scott turning up, <laughs> for sure. Um, it was very suitable to uh, the show. Yes. Yeah. I thought so too. I thought it was really good. I thought it was used very well. Yeah. Um, and then at the end, when it had the actual Florence recording, I was like, I'm not mad about this. Yeah. Um, oh, the other thing was we got to the first two instances where the reigns of Casimir are are used in season late season two, early season three. Um, of course, very famously signifying the beginning of the Red Wedding. And I was like looking at Harry being like, oh yeah, that's, you know, that song's written by The National. And he's like, oh yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. And the next time it happened, I was like, oh yeah, there's that song again. So I'm like really trying to drill it in so that when he does hear it at the Red Wedding, that he'll lose his mind. <laughs> but I'm so scared. But um, Does yeah. he know something's coming up? No, he he literally doesn't know anything. So like, he won't be listening to this. Hasn't a clue. Oh no, 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 definitely not. No, he'll he'll adhere to the spoiler, uh, the spoiler zone for sure. Very good. If you are listening, <laughs> we'll talk later. Knock it off, mate. But, um, but yeah, it's just been a very Thronesy Beyonce week. Which I'm totally fine with. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, by the time we talk next week, I'm sure there'd be a lot more to fill in with this one, um, with that big battle coming. And yeah, just so it's so silly how much I'm gripped by this show. I know. At this point. I know. <laughs> I was always just like a casual watcher. We watch it every week and it was like, I really enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I thought it was a bit silly sometimes, but I'm like totally invested in this now. Mm. You know, um, yeah, I can't wait to see this. <laughs> me too. Ah. Okay, that's it from us this week. Uh, we have been the 909 Podcast. And if you like what you hear, you want to support us, we have a Patreon where we are posting. I think it's pretty active now at this point. We've got um, guest lists and freebies to gigs. We've given away tickets to the likes of C-Sessions Festival, uh, Broken Social Scene. Um, <coughs> what else have we given away? A couple of different things. Um, we've got, uh, yes, yeah, so DJ Mixes and I do a radio show especially for Patreon subscribers as well. So you can support us from a little as fiver a month and that's it. Um, she wouldn't even get a point for that now. If you pay a tenner or 15 quid a month, I can make you, if you make pay 15 quid a month. I'll pay, I'll make you a playlist yourself for whatever you want. We just made a maternity one, oh, uh, which was really nice. And That's uh, so nice. Yeah. So it's kind of nice to have those kind of things um, and relationship. So that's cool. That's cool. That's good. So that's patreon.com forward slash 909. You can do that. And you by doing that, you support everything we're doing here from podcast to website to gigs to beyond. So uh, do consider if you are enjoying our podcast and subscribe. I'm sure you are subscribed already. 80% of people are subscribed apparently. <laughs> Great. Okay. Thank you. Well, that's it from us this week. Uh, we're going to leave you with a brand new song that came out today from Amac and Laboom. This is a big tune I've been holding back on for the last while. Video just dropped for today. It is called Dancing Bug. As well as that, um, Laboom just announced a Olympia Theatre show in October uh, on the 11th, which will be a late show, as well as loads of gigs around Ireland and the UK. So. Exciting things coming from them. I do manage the band, so I would say that. But uh, look, I, I think don't manage the band, and this is a banger. Yeah, it's a great tr track. It reminds me a lot of Sylvan So and really, really great. I've been listening to this for like four or five months nonstop, and it still hasn't let up for me yet. So I think it's one that can last your playlists and beyond. So this is called Dancing Bug from Laboom and Amac. Bye. Bye. I was on the ceiling, now it won't be long
till I crack this feeling When the beat is strong And the lines have meaning No, it won't be long You know it won't be long Dancing Park Feel me full of rhythm Dancing Park Bedroom floors Dancing Park Moving to position I'm a Jamaican call Bedroom floors Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.